The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. I am so desperate for attention that I even recorded an emergency. Well, it wasn't really an emergency podcast. It was a bonus podcast with Sean Wagner, McGuff, and John Breach. We talked about all the Tom Brady stuff. We got a little long in the Tom Brady stuff, so we made it a separate show today, Friday, February 28th. I would say the last day of February, but it's not because it's a leap year. That's right. February 29th. Actually, my, one of my neighbors is a leap year baby. I'm not going to go off on a tangent about that. Don't worry. Uh, instead, I'm going to point out that while I was not hosting, Ryan Wilson was hosting. And Ryan, uh, you know, you're a draft guy. So I'm going to give you a C plus. Not in terms of hosting. I'll give you an A plus in terms of hosting. You did a great job, but a C plus in terms of wrangling oh, the boy. drunk cats that you had to chase down on that set. I listened to those shows and they were wildly entertaining, but you think I go on tangents? You think I'm the loose cannon here? Brady Quinn, Jamie Eisenberg, like Pete Prisco begged off the set and within five minutes of the show starting, he's dragging a Browns fan over and goes, excuse me, um, I'm supposed to get an autograph from the most terrible quarterback is uh, quarterbacks in uh, Browns history. Do you mind? And Brady like stops and signs it. I'm surprised he didn't punch him. What was it like dealing with those guys? Because to me, it felt like you jumped in a Ferrari, hopped on the Autobahn, found out you were blindfolded, and you only had three wheels. I'm actually scrolling through me and Debo texting back and forth, trying to wrangle these morons. <laughs> And uh, there was the time where the, I had to explain the Browns fan walking over and because Pete just showed up and said, Brady, sign this. And so that happened. And then there was Brady dropping uh, dropping a BS. So I texted Debo that. He goes, oh, I got that. So it was a whole thing. At one point, um, yes, this person will never shut up. <laughs> that was me, not Debo. Debo would never say that. So, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> It's it's a lot of wrangling and, and it was fine. It was actually fun to do. The the podcasts were, were cut a little short because we got bumped for uh, time to shine. Maybe you were being we we got bumped for you. But no, uh, no, 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 no. I want these podcasts to go as long as possible. These podcasts, in my opinion, are the most important things to this company. So yeah, I I mean you know Brady, JLC, and Pete together is a recipe for a lot of long windedness. Maybe it was good that you weren't on the set because that podcast. 
probably the first one on on Monday night would still be going on with the four of you. Uh, there was a one. There was a, like this is uh, this is not neither a compliment nor an insult. But there was one. I think it was the uh, let's see the Thursday morning show, and I was listening to it. And like, there's like, a, like you did the intro. It was, it was definitely Thursday morning because you you did like a joking intro on Wednesday and then a non-joking one on Thursday. And you did your intro and you asked a question. And I was just I was doing some work and not really paying attention. And it it was like 15 minutes later you got you said the next thing. Like yeah. you didn't say anything for 15 minutes. And I was like, Oh my God, I forgot Ryan was even there. It's just like JLC and like Brady and like Jamie throwing like barbs in there. It was, it was, it was fun though. Did you see me, Debo? You could see me, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure Debo just saw me sitting there. I was leaning on my side and just looking towards the, the three other goobers. And I would, just, I would ask a question. Debo would, would prompt us along and I, I wasn't, there was no chance. I wasn't trying to be here. I was just trying to get out of there alive. Yeah, well, that's how I feel about this uh, new combine schedule. So we're going to break down the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and the tight ends. They worked out. I want to, I want to, I want to point out two things, or well, I want to ask you one question first, and I want your honest answer, and I want you to, you know, pacify the big suits upstairs. What do you think about the new schedule for the combine? Um, I like this. This is. I'll start with this. So the. CBS Sports HQ set is this year 30 feet from where the podiums are, where the GM. You guys got a ton of big names, great prospects, all kinds of stuff. That was great. From 8 till 11 a.m. every day, they just come through one after Chase Young made fun of mock drafts, and then they said, here's our guy who does the mock drafts. <laughs> yes, correct. So we, we've literally talked to everyone, Joe Burrow, Tua, Chase Young, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, um, Justin Jefferson, so on and so forth. And that's great, but that's been the case every year. In, look, in look, people are going to pat themselves on the back for finally getting the combine half right, and they deserve to do that. That's good. We got we got a good landing spot, and we got some interviews. Good for them. But uh, the primetime spectacle that started on, on Thursday night, uh, I don't get it. I understand you're trying to gear this towards fans and make it a primetime event, and it was good that Henry Ruggs was, was in the first ever primetime event because everyone wanted to see how fast he was going to run. But at the end of the day, they're dragging this thing out, and I, I I don't know. I'll be interested to see how many people watch this other than people that had to do it for their jobs uh, because at the end of the day, I don't know if you want to watch 50, 60, 75 guys run in a straight line for from 4 to 11 p.m., which is what the case was with the, the tight ends, the quarterbacks, the running backs, and not the running backs, wide receivers, excuse me, on the first night on Thursday night. Yeah, I, I agree. And I've got a couple of thoughts that I just want to, you know, throw out there. One, look, Daniel Jeremiah is a, one of the nicest people on the planet and like genuinely that nice. Like he's just that good a dude. Uh, he's awesome at his job. Like every draft analyst, including, I mean, like everybody should aspire to be as good as DJ because he knows a crazy list of guys. He knows he's been scouting in the, in the, in the league for many years. Rich Eisen's great at his job. He's been hosting that for a ton of time, but I, I think um, I, it did feel a little bit like I, I, I'll say this from a from a you know we're talking we talk about the CBA all the time we talk about network deals and labor deals and broadcast deals I will guarantee you something right now ESPN is going to have a bigger footprint with the NFL in the next set of labor deals than they had this time around 
if you don't watch the combine and see them simulcasting it on ESPN and ABC all throughout the weekend and not get your gears turning a little bit on that, then that, that that's fine. I mean, maybe because you maybe don't worry about it. You should be getting your gears turning on that if you want to think about where games will be broadcast in the next CBA. I promise you, ESPN and ABC will have a much bigger footprint. You can see that. I mean, Eisen at Rich had a big, uh, you know, shout out to Stu Scott talking about at the end of the hour. They did one hour on ESPN from seven to eight, which was frankly like that's fine. It was great. It was it was awesome to have it on prime time. It's a little perplexing, I think. For someone, if you've been used to watching the combine for 10 years where it's on from 8 a.m. until 3 p.m. and you get to see every single person run and now all of a sudden it's a little more chopped up and it's a little more segmented and it's a little, um, I don't, I mean, like it's just weird going from a.m. to p.m. I didn't like it. I thought it was, I, I it threw Thursday. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it in prime time, but I get why they did it. I would also say that, uh, there's a good chance that it could involve moving the combine to Los Angeles where they were building a giant new stadium and NFL megaplex, uh, the, the Stan Kroenke opolis situation. So I think those two things are interesting to watch as it relates to moving the combine to prime time and how we sort of, you know, take this from a media perspective. That could be wrong, but that that's just my take on it. I'll just say this. Um, I don't even know how long it goes. 10 years ago, we all used to watch the draft in non prime time, maybe longer than that now back oh. in the day. It was, it, 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 I mean, 15 years ago, no one was watching the, the, the third day of the draft. That's right. It was a Saturday a weekend thing that only hardcore draft nerds sort of spent their time doing. And the original change uh, to the primetime event, and it's different than it is now, it's, it's three days now. I think it, at one point it was – I don't remember what the breakup was, but it was slightly different when it went to primetime. And people were like, oh, this is sort of weird. How does this work? It seems to be working out pretty fine now. So maybe they'll tweak it. They'll have ideas of how to make it better. But I, I mean, there's no way I don't think it's going back for the, for the reasons you mentioned. And because at the end of the day, and we know, know through, know about this through the CBA and the 17 game schedule and the extra playoff game, it's all about money. So. Correct. There, there's more money in doing this. And so it's going to stay this way. They say, look, and I get it. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to fight it and demand like go, go back to the old combine. Like I, I get it. This is how it's going to be. Um, I just didn't, I didn't. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't resonate with me as a as a, a viewer of television. It's it's weird because you're you're going up against like Lakers Warriors was on TV and a bunch of college basketball was on TV and I I don't know. It just didn't resonate with me. But I watched. Did you know why? Because of all no. the quarterbacks. All That's right. Why we watch? Did you see two a throw? Unbelievable. <laughs> Joe Burrow. Uncorking out that no, I'm just kidding. Neither one of those guys threw. Um, we did get to see a couple of guys throw though, and they ran forties. Um, the quarterback 40, it, it's funny because no matter how many times, and I say, I mean, we say it every year, we're like, doesn't matter how he runs in the 40. And then as soon as somebody runs a good 40 or a bad 40, we're like, well, that's it. This guy's a, the top prospect. You can't not have this guy. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 4.59. Jordan Love, 4.74. That's pretty cooking for his size. Uh, Justin Herbert, 4.68. Not too shabby at all for his size. You know, I mean, like, you don't see a guy who's like 6'7, which is basically what he is, run a 4.68. Uh, Eason, 4.89. Jake Fromm, 5.01. That's not fast. And Cole McDonald, 4.58. Those are the notable uh, quarterback 40s. Doesn't really matter, but we got some questions about how they threw and how they looked. I'm going to ask you this question though. Over under second round, 
As in, will he be the first pick of the third round? Earlier, under, etc. Jalen Hurts, quarterback from Oklahoma and Alabama. I actually like the under, and I like it in part because he ran a four five nine to sort of <laughs> have you dunk all over me with, with professional the draft analyst. Well, here's the thing, and um, there are questions still about his ability to throw the ball consistently because uh, the issue with with Jalen Hurts was after that first read wasn't there, he would drop his eyes and run because we know he's a really good runner. Um, earlier this week, I feel like I've been in Indianapolis for two months now, but I was talking to uh, an assistant uh, coach. Um, in the league, and he said he was just sort of going through the Oklahoma running game, not watching the passing game, just the running game. And he came away with this take, and it's not even a hot take. He said Jalen Hurts might be the best running back in the Big 12, not in Oklahoma, in the Big 12. Now, Chuba Howard. Uh, Chuba, Chuba, yeah, I was going to say Chuba would like a word, but that's that's not there. a crazy take. Who's so, the guy from Kansas? Um, Puka, Puka, and Puka and Chuba are better, but, like, I mean, Jalen's a better – like if you need a, if you need a yard between the tackles, I'd rather have Jalen than Chuba or Puka. And I was saying, okay, he, let's see. Like ideally, he runs uh, four six something, and he goes, eh, we'll see. Like he wasn't quite sure. He ran four five nine. So, um, and Brady Quinn talked about this on on the um, the post game, if you would call it Thursday night on CBS Sports HQ, where his not his measurables, like the combine measurables, sort of match up favorably with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so if you're looking for uh, a diverse uh, skill set quarterback, and I've been sort of saying this for a while. If you're looking for Taysom Hill, Jalen Hurts is it. If you're looking for Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson is it. He ain't Lamar Jackson. So he's a guy you can bring in, be versatile, and if you like what you saw tonight with the running, then yes, second round doesn't suddenly sound crazy. But what you just said is exactly why he will – probably end up going in the second round is if you're looking for Lamar Jackson, which is not to say that you can find Lamar Jackson. I agree with you. You can't find him, but everyone is looking for Lamar Jackson and Jalen hurts. The one thing I, the notes I wrote down from his combine throwing and look, you're throwing against air to wide receivers. You don't know. So there's only so much you can do, but you can watch the footwork and you can watch how, how these guys want to throw. And I thought Kurt Warner had a good point. These guys get a little obsessed with completions in these drills instead of just trying to put them like you can tell Jalen Hurts is waiting, 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 and then throwing a slant. Like you're not gonna if you do that in the game, the guy's getting his head knocked off. Let's set let's find uh I'm looking at this draft order. Debo suggested fifty. I'm gonna go a little bit there's I'm gonna say fifty six. That's the Miami Dolphins in the second round. Over under 56 overall for Jalen Hurts. Will the Dolphins pass him by five times? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, all right, let me let me look quickly at, at the, the full order because I want to see who's going to be picking there. So 56 is Miami. Houston, Minnesota, Seattle, Bal- Baltimore. Maybe that's the over under. Over under 60. Will the because like if you're the Ravens and you got RG three under contract, I get it. But like, why wouldn't you grab Jalen Hurts and have him be the backup and just learn behind Lamar Jackson in this Greg Roman offense? The only reason I would hesitate is because uh, they drafted Trace McSorley last year, who's sort of an athletic, <laughs> sneakily not, athletic. He's, McSorley, he's actually not sneakily athletic. That he was a that was a he's a white quarterback. Oh right, right. yeah, no, he's athletic. He ran well. But I, what about pick number fifty eight in terms of mixing it up? With the quarterback, and you bring in your t- version of Taysom Hill in Minnesota. So you have your guy, Kirby Cousins, there. He's Kirk Cousins now, based on how he's played. 
But in a Taysom Hill sort of manner, you have Jalen Hurts there. You're playing indoors, so the weather and all that junk isn't an issue. He can run the ball with Dalvin Cook and Madison. You have Stephon Diggs. You have Thielen. You have Irv Smith Jr. You have Kyle. They retain Kyle Rudolph, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Our buddy Kyle Rudolph, friend of the program. He said he wanted to stay in Minnesota. And no, they, they resigned him last year for I think for two. They restructured his deal for like two years or whatever it was. Or what about pick sixty one? The Titans. Intra- that'd be interesting. I was going to throw out fifty three. He could replace Carson Wentz. You upgrade him over Carson Wentz. As <laughs> a pure troll of Debo. Uh, yeah, that's it. I, I don't like, hate sixty one. If you're if you're if you tag Tannehill, you let you don't have to worry about Derrick Henry's contract. You have your slash runner. I mean, there are so many different things you can do with him. And that would be bold as bleep. I like if that. you let if you let Tannehill go, no, no, don't try to sign Tom Brady or Philip Rivers, and you just draft Jalen Hurts no. and then have run a read option with Derrick Henry. You keep Tannehill, you let Derrick uh, Henry go. Ah, but as a running back, what do we do with Jalen Hurts here? Are you Jalen- Lamar Jackson again? No, no, he's going to be Taysom Hill. You can sign a running back or draft one, whatever. But you're saving fourteen, fifteen, sixteen million dollars if you so desire on the the deal you can do with Derrick Henry, and you get the the versatility of Jalen Hurts or Taysom Hill 2.0, whatever you want to call him. I was looking for the, to see where the Saints picked in the second round, but they gave up their pick to the Dolphins. So because um, you could let Jay, you could actually let Taysom Hill go right. and sign Jalen Hurts. Uh, let's move on from Jalen Hurts. Though. Justin Herbert is a fill in the blank question for you. That was a fun game, though. It was. You you have been riding a an emotional roller coaster with Justin Herbert. I love him. You didn't like him when you watched him in college. Then you met him at the Senior Bowl and had to talk to him face to face. And now you said then you sort of liked him. So I'm wondering after watching him throw at the combine, fill in the blank. Justin Herbert is blank. Well, uh, we talked again. At the, he came That's on the not a good fill-in-the-blank answer, but go for it anyway. And he continues to be uh, an upstanding he, – he, like, literally, he's the guy you want to Oh, my son. God. You hate, did, give me an answer. What is the answer? Fill-in-the-blank. Justin Herbert is blank. He's a first-round pick in this draft based on, on need. I don't think he's a first-round pick. That's a good answer. I think he's a second-round pick based on the way he's played. But And it's funny. You listen to, to, to people talk about the way he threw the combine. I mean, Dude, that was awful. Dude, I just go watch him throw in, in 2019, and he, that's probably a good starting point. I mean, like he's missing. You're throwing against air against wide receivers running routes where you it's one it's one wide receiver unguarded running a route that you know they're running, and you guys are both trying to perform at your best to improve your draft stock. And his ball placement could not have been worse. I mean, he's yeah. throwing high, low, inside. Like he's doing everything but hitting these guys in the hands. So I would say that. Justin Herbert is this is my fill in the blank. All right, overdrafted. Yeah, that's 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 fair. In fact, Brady Quinn said on on after at the post game show, whatever we're calling this thing, that he was concerned about the, some of the throws. He thought he loosened up as he threw the ball deeper. Oddly enough, like the short throws is where he seemed to be guiding the ball. I mean, so did Kelly Bryant. Like, of course, everybody does. You get to uncourt deep against nobody. Kelly Bryant Bryant was awful on the short and intermediate throws. And then, like, he's bombing deep balls down the field. I mean, Kelly Bryant got benched and went to Missouri in the middle of the season. But my point is that I don't I don't understand how a team like. And this is not an anti Chargers agenda, and I hope the Panthers don't do it. I don't I don't understand why a team would draft Justin Herbert with a top 10 pick. Well, it's going to happen. So buckle up. Especially. Well, if, if all right. Now, we had a question down here. 
Who gets drafted first, Easton or Love? I'm going to flip it. Who gets drafted first, e, uh, Love, Jordan Love out of Utah State or Justin Herbert? I mean, there's a chance Love gets drafted first. I don't think it's because necessarily that. Which part? Like Jordan Love is a top ten pick. It's unbelievable. Why? I, I don't think if you told I. So, the Senior Bowl in 2017. After the Senior Bowl in 2017. Yeah. Because like my friends would be like, "What's going on with the draft?" I was like, "This guy Carson Wentz is going to be." Maybe yeah. it was after the combine. I was like, this guy, Carson Wentz, is going to be a top five pick. They were like, what are you talking about? The kid from – or 2016, excuse me. Thank you, Diva. The kid from – like, I was like – they were like, the kid from, like, Dakota? I was like, yeah, I'm telling you, he's going to go really high. And, like, he wasn't – like, I, this wasn't like – I had some people tell me and, like, you could hear the buzz around certain circles. Like, it was just happening. And it feels a little similar with Jordan Love. Now, I liked him coming into this year. And you could like I remember watching that first weekend against Wake Forest, I think it was, or one of the first couple weekends of the year. And he didn't play particularly well, and he is raw. But again, you go back to the Jalen Hurts stuff. This is such a good time to be a physical quarterback who's very toolsy. You're going to be overdrafted because it's in vogue to have this offense that incorporates running. And so, well, if you're a if you're a pocket passer, you're hosed this year. Jordan Love's athletic, but he's not really a runner. Um, he's more in the sort of Patrick Mahomes athleticism behind the line of scrimmage. Type okay, of that this has to stop. Everyone is doing this, and I'm not. I'm not bl- like this. Mahomes, like st- let's stop. Like let's you know, stop you know, comparing him to Mahomes. Sound like Pete Briscoe, and I'll tell you what I told Pete. I did. Pete said that. Yeah, he just said that today. He was yelling, screaming. About he that. said, "Don't compare him to Mahomes, or do, he- do not." Because yeah, this is ridiculous. It's out of control. I've told this story several times. I said, Pete, I am not comparing him to Mahomes. Darwin Thompson, who played with him at Utah State and now plays at Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, compared him to me and Jamie Eisenberg at the Super Bowl to Patrick Mahomes. And I followed up and I said, who has a better arm, Jordan Love or Patrick Mahomes? And he laughed at me and said, come on, man, Patrick Mahomes. So, And he said, look, he is not exactly like him, but I see similarities in terms of the athleticism and, and the arm strength and all that stuff. So, I mean, I, I could give you – I could say he plays like uh, Nick Foles, but he ain't Nick Foles. So, I mean, just in terms like, – he, he's not a runner <laughs> – See, this is the problem with comps. I think, yeah, no, that's that's a fine rant you're about to go on. I don't disagree with that. Well, I mean, it's just like we're always looking like who, like who is this guy? It's like just let him be his own player because yeah. he's not Cam Newton, he's not Patrick Mahomes because nobody is Patrick Mahomes, and, and not to mention he's not going to freaking Kansas City with Andy Reid, so it's it's irrelevant. Um, You'd go to New Orleans, number twenty four, and sit for a year, and then no, you're like, oh, that would be interesting. And then Taysom Hill, it's like get lost, pal. Yeah, Taysom Hill has to go to, I don't know Miami, where, where, he's, where, where he ends up being uh, Pat White 2.0. R.I.P. Pat White. I actually don't know if Pat White's dead. Um, he's not. Stop he's it. not. I'm just kidding. Uh, who is uh, the comp for Jacob Eason? <laughs> While I'm ranting on anti-comps. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, so Brady. Is this? Dad, look, I'm get, that was Debo. That's all Debo. That's not me. I think Brady. Debo might know. Brady's called him. Brady's funny because Brady like roll, you know, does Brady does a Brady eye roll when you you bring up something that he's like, wait, what? But he has and, to- and like Brady, Brady doesn't like when people exaggerate and go over the top. But Brady's eye roll is like he like tosses his head in a deep fashion, and it's an over. He's like ha. He's just like it's like yeah, we get it, man. You're from, you're born in the nineties. You grew up in high school in the nineties. He is compared Jacob Eason. Uh, his style, 
to Carson Wentz. Carson, uh, sorry, Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, sorry. Carson Palmer. Oh, okay, I like that better. Big arm. And um, when we were on set with Carson Palmer during the Super Bowl, I said, hey, um, Jacob Eason, the kid out of Washington, has drawn comparisons because Carson said, yes, he'll watch a lot of Pac-12, mostly USC because that's where I went to school. But he says, oh, tell me about Jacob Eason because um, he didn't know a lot about him. Carson so, Palmer did. Palmer, yeah. So I, also, by the way, Carson Palmer, one of the nicest guys. Incredibly nice. And, yeah. he and like, and you, you feel very comfortable when you, when he sits down with you and he's like, he's like, you can tell he's like intellectually engaged, which is nice. You don't always get that with an interview. Um, two days ago, we saw Jordan Palmer's brother, who's former NFL quarterback, who's now like a quarterback's coach. He's Joe Burrow's coach, trainer, whatever. And they look so similar. It's, it's eerie. Um, but well, they are. I don't know if you know this, brothers. <laughs> Fair enough. But anyway, so that's the the, the comp for, for Jacob Eason, and I sort of like it. He has a big arm. He's tall. He's strong. He might have a better arm than, than um, Justin Herbert. Um, he's raw, though. He didn't play last year because he set out after transferring from Georgia. Where he, he has a monster arm. Yep. A monster arm. Like that dude, you watch him throw those deep balls at the Combine. I mean, you can watch the D balls in the regular season too, but like it just, it just, it, it, I mean, Eason can whip the ball down the field and it comes out high, fast. Like the guys were dropping it because he was not overthrowing him. He was just uncorking it on the deep ball down the field. And those guys just weren't prepared for the velocity at which it came in and they couldn't adjust to the trajectory. I mean, that's, it was, it was impressive. I would say he gets overdrafted based on that too. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if he gets overdrafted. Like, I sort of wish he had come back for his senior season at Washington. I understand why he came out, just because he hasn't played a lot. And if you watch the first half of the season at Washington in 2019, he was pretty good. And I was saying this at the post-game wrap-up on Thursday night, that his short and intermediate passes were among the best the first half of the season. And then he just either ran out of gas, defenses were playing him differently, but he struggled a lot. And, uh, I don't, he can't play right away. That would be a, a disaster. But I feel like he's a second-round pick. Um, Maybe that's overdrafting a little. He's probably closer to third round. But um, as you talk about this, the intangibles, uh, to, to sort of use another word that we use too much, his ability to, to do things he does physically are, are pretty impressive. Um, but you just can't force him onto the field. By the way, I have, I, have no, I have no problem with that. I didn't know if you guys – I want to show you just quickly. I, want to, I just sent you and Debo a link. I don't know if you saw this. It's, a, it's the a tight ends grouping. And this is one of the, the highlights for me. From the first night of primetime combat. Oh, no. Uh, South Florida tight end Mitchell Wilcox. Who was actually a really good player, but he got a little confused during during the gauntlet. Looked oh. away, took one right in the kisser. Kept going, though. Oh, God, it's a fastball to the face. That's, I don't know if Jacob Eason was throwing that ball, but uh, hopefully he was not. Hopefully that was it. We uh, need the, uh, the Rob Riggle sound drop for in the first. You know what's funny? As soon as we, we, we were talking about that before we went on air and, and Scott Pioli did the in the face. No, like, he did not. Yeah, he did the in the face. Uh, and I didn't know it was Rob Riggle. Tommy knew it, of course. Tommy Tran, because he knows everything about it. It's from, uh, Hangover. That's what Tommy told us, because I. As I, everyone knows, a top 10 all time comedy. Uh, here we go. By the way, I just want to say this. We know that Shea Patterson didn't throw that ball because he actually hit him in the face. <laughs> well. Sorry, Shay. Shay Patterson, not very good. Um, I did hear uh, Daniel Jeremiah mention uh, Jake Fromm could be a good fit as a, quote, indoors 
West Coast type of guy. And I think this is also why, this is why, like, you're good at this too, Ryan. You know how to, well, you're not quite, you're not as good as DJ, no offense, but like, DJ knows, for whatever reason, he's good at, like, sort of insulting. Like, that was a, it was, like, that's a, that is a backwards, uh, a backwards compliment. You're like, he'd be great in an indoors, uh, you know, West Coast type of fit for a, for a, a team in the third round. Which is a way of saying like this guy can go undrafted. And I don't want to talk bad about Jake Fromm because you know he's our boy. He's Jake from State Farm, friend of the program. He's on the show. But like, like, it, and I'm bad at this too. It's hard to be critical of prospects, guys coming out of college who are working their tails off to to win this game. And plus, you don't want to be wrong. But like, I I I, re- I read that as a a backwards or a backhanded compliment. Do you read it the same way? Well. Yeah, I mean, you're not saying that about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had some inconsistencies during his career. I think the issue. I need you to take this this stand on Justin Herbert and just blitzkrieg him. This should be your stand. This all he's such a nice guy that you feel bad. I I, I say every. I've said it since the fall. I think he's a second round pick. He's going to go top fifteen. See now, now I'm going to tell you something. I've told you this before, and I'm dead serious. You should write an article, headlined: Justin Herbert is a second round pick who will go in the top fifteen. There is a chance that it could burn you badly, and it's like old takes exposed for the next ten years. There's also a chance, as I pointed out yesterday, that the coronavirus destroys the world in the next two weeks. So it doesn't matter. So I say take the risk, write the article on Justin Herbert, break him down, explain why he's a second round pick, and plant your flag, Ryan. But even if you said three years ago Patrick Mahomes is a second round pick, he's going to go in the top fifteen. That's not a terrible take at the time because Texas Tech gunslinger, no one really knew. I don't think that that's are you getting burned on that did now? Did you see the Did you see the Matt Money Smith clip from Dave, from Dave Damashek's podcast? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> like I think it was Old Takes Exposed tweeted, but it was like Money, who's who does Chargers Radio, is an awesome guy, and he, he's a smart football guy. But he goes, he goes, "You're telling me you're going to draft a guy, and like this guy doesn't even have bad footwork." He has no footwork, and he like just blitzkrieg Mahomes as a top ten pick, and you know didn't work out very well. Yeah, but that's a stronger take than what I just said. And look, the, no, but I mean, like, if Mahomes lands with I don't Browns, know, the Browns, the Bears again, like, I don't think he's a MVP. He was winning the Super Bowl. And also, people listen to Matt Money Smith and us and every every other goober because they want to hear something. And then, what what do you want? I'm you just get, saying you should write an article and plant your flag on Justin that's Herbert. Not, that's not a terrible idea. But uh, to quickly on 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 um, from Tiny Jake, Hands Jake from. His hands aren't much bigger than mine, and I don't know if I told you, but we were measuring our hands after the the quarterbacks were doing it on set before we, we went on, and, and surprise, surprise, Brady, Brady Quinn, and, and Danny. Yeah, yeah. Ten inch hands. Wait, 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 was Brady ten? They both had ten and change. They were more than ten. Wait, um, Brady and Danny. Yeah. It was you, Brady, Danny, and Tommy Tran? No, it was me, Danny, and Tommy Tran in the morning. Brady was coming up, and then we asked him. What his hand size was. We did the measurements on the set. And, um, excuse me, Tommy's were like nine and a quarter. Jeez. Mine were, mine were eight and a half. <laughs> Yours were how much? Eight and a half. That's tiny hands. So, uh, I didn't even know what mine are. You just get a ruler and, and do thumb to pinky. I don't and know if you know this. I don't have a ruler laying around in my office. <laughs> Jake Fromm's were eight and seven, seven eighths, I believe. So your hands are bigger than Jake Fromm's? No. Uh, Similar. Yeah. His are a little bigger, but the point is he's he's six two, just under shade under six two, and I wish he'd come back to school because 
Um, unlike Jacob Eason, who needs more seasoning, Jake Fromm needs to have some sort of like Joe Burrow reawakening. Like he mm-hmm. needs to sort of sort things out. He's incredibly smart, and no one will ever say that he's not a good guy at processing information, although junk. But his arm strength is an issue, his deep ball accuracy is an issue, and his athleticism is an issue. Um, Bill Burrow is extremely athletic, and he's extremely accurate down the field. So, so if, if, if I was going to make a comp for Jake Fromm, I would say this. I would say it's Matt Barkley. Uh, you know what's funny? I said to Brady, because Brady and I weren't arguing about it, but he was like, I can't believe you, you know, because Brady says, how can you say that about whatever? And then we came around and basically said the same thing. And I said, so Brady, Matt Barkley, where is he? Is he better than Jake Fromm? And he goes, okay, he's better than Jake Fromm. I'll give you that. Wow. Yeah. See, like, my thing is, I love Jake Fromm as a freshman when he stepped in. Remember, he and Tua stepped in at the same year. And like they ended up facing off in the championship game. And I thought Fromm, I was like, this, this kid is going to be great at the next level. And I don't want to go full Prisco here, but when he came down and sat on our set for the, for the pick six podcast video thing at the Super Bowl, you weren't like, ah, oh, this guy's a, I was like, ah, oh, like, hey, friend from home, like short, short right. human wearing a state farm shirt with tiny, like you didn't get the, you like, go to your church. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like you might see him. I don't know. Anyway, I, I just, I got I, I got a Matt Barkley vibe from him, and that's not a bad thing. I just I mean like he's probably going to be a third or fourth round pick, at best. Yeah, I mean if he goes in the third, and I said I said this to Brace, is he better than Will Greer? He goes, yeah, he's better than Will Greer. And I said, like, okay, but Will Greer went in the bottom of the third round, and he shouldn't have. So I mean I feel like he's a day three guy, and Grace like Brady's like, yeah, he is a day three guy. So maybe well, that's, I mean, that's just not a top one hundred pick. I mean like he, I don't think he is. And and yeah. look. I think DJ was trying to make it, uh, make it, make his case for why some team might do that. And maybe the one that team does. But, um, I look, like you said, he's a nice guy and it's, you have to separate the being a swell dude and can he play? And the reason I get frustrated with Jake Fromm isn't because he's a jerk. It's because I watch him play and I, I'm thinking he should be able to do the things that all these other quarterbacks are doing. And I'm not saying throw the ball hundred miles an hour, playing with more consistency. And you just didn't see that, um, in 2019, so that that's where it's at. And if you're going to spend a third round pick on him, I feel like you're you're wasting a third round pick. One more thing, and we'll take a break on Jake Fromm. He got a raw deal. He played in an offense. They're obsessed. Kirby Smart is obsessed with running the football. Obsessed with it. You can't. It's hard. It's hard to play. Like in theory, it should make it easy for you. You got talent. Like you got uh, you got great linemen around you. You got DeAndre Swift in the backfield. You got talent all around you. I get it. It's not a quarterback-friendly offense in 2019 or 2020. That's my only thing. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the wide receivers and the tight ends and how they looked out on the field. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Henry Ruggs, in break, 
What what was the over under we talked about in our conference call, Debo? Was it uh four two four two five? Was it, it was in the four twos? Yeah, that sounds right. And I said I, I was like take the over like just because you're I mean a like you're banking on some mathematical error here and or like a slip up or whatever. Um, Ek Eric here boss was saying Rugs was minus nine hundred against CD Lamb to beat him in the forty. It's like yeah, I mean that's no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Like that's, I mean, it's it's free money Sorry, in the it. sense that you have to risk nine hundred dollars to win a hundred. And it's a quick story about uh, Henry Ruggs. Yeah, he was on. I mean, literally everyone was on the set this this week. Um, so he came over, and then later. I'm glad that after going to combine for ten years, we finally got it set up. We got everybody on the set. <laughs> I could just say the one We're year. Trying to do it. Yeah. I know. We're for ten years. We literally talked to you. Let me read you a list of names. You say. No, I, don't, I know. I've seen it. I, I watched CBS Sports HQ all week long. I know all about it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it's hysterical. I uh, watch him. Uh, <laughs> I was watching pro football talk. They were too. <laughs> here's a, they were two two sets down, and they were like, "Why are why are CBS Sports HQ getting EFT live with Chris Sims?" Entertaining. Uh, he got sick this week. I think he went home early. Um, so we talked to Henry Ruggs. That, that's a true story. And we asked him, of course, are you going to run fast? He says, "Yes, I'm, I plan. My goal is to break the record." And <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to run slow as hell. But I feel like that puts some pressure on you when you tell everyone I'm going to break that record this four two two with with uh, John. What's his name? Uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon Cooks. No, the John Ross. Sorry. Oh, John Ross. Yeah, Brandon Cooks said it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, that's fine. I mean, no one remembers John Ross except for that. And and, um, and John. Yeah. Jeez. No, John, remember John Ross did the shoe thing. Did Brandon Cooks run a four two? Am I crazy? Fast, but he's he's certainly a better pro than John Ross. So then we asked Henry Ruggs, um, "Have you ever raced?" Jerry Judy, he said, Jalen Waddle and I have raced. Jalen Waddle will be a first-round pick next year. He's another wide receiver. And we tied, but it was a cold day, so um, we weren't really warmed up. But he said, Jerry Judy will not race me unless I give him a head start. And we all laughed, ha, ha, ha. We saw Jerry Judy 10, 15 minutes later. Jerry, is this a true story? This story is absolutely true. I am not running against Henry Ruggs because it makes no sense. He did say I will run faster than people think because people were talking about him as a 4-5 guy. I think he ran just under 4-5, so – Judy did himself some favors, but let me ask you this. Uh, and Scott Pioli talked about this on the on the post game show Thursday night. Uh, we all get super hyped up about guys running in the four threes, or, or, or in this case, the, the four twos. At the end of the day, DeAndre Hopkins ran four five seven. Anquan Bolden ran four six or whatever. Larry Fitzgerald wasn't fast, and he didn't run the combine. I think it was pro day. He wasn't necessarily tearing it up. Um, so there are few examples like Randy Moss, P. Prisco mentioned. Um, Megatron ran four three five. Those guys are sub four guys. But by the way, the best combine, the secret best combine result of all time for a wide receiver, Julio Jones did a four three seven, four three nine with a broken foot. Broken foot. Pete mentioned that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So there are few. I mean, you you have every year guys running four threes, and rarely the four twos. But a lot of those guys usually end up being terrible. So it's it's, it's a it's it's not a terrible thing. To look at wide receiver success, but it's highly overrated in the sense that, um, I mean, like it makes sense if you can run really fast in a straight line, that is inherently good, beneficial as a wide receiver. But at the end of the day, like you shouldn't be defined by your 40 time. Yeah. And, and we sort of preach that, but you're, you're exactly right because of the, the guys that I mentioned. And we'll go on and say, uh, it doesn't matter. And then in a couple of minutes, I'll give you some guys that I was really bummed out that ran <laughs> 40 times. Well, all right, well, let me ask you this. 
Who's your wide receiver one? I go back and forth on Judy and Lamb. Like they're right there. I think I've told you my concerns with Lamb is that he played in the Big 12. And we talked to CeeDee Lamb about this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you didn't see it. You were watching Phil, Phil Simpson's son and Florio. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, they did the big, have on, uh, is it Anthony Thomas from Georgia? Uh, Anthony, uh, no, uh, Andrew Thomas, sorry. Andrew Thomas, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we talked to him too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, he, his, fa- his big, his, his favorite game of the well, year. Well, Sims threw the football with Jake Fromm. Did you throw the football with anybody? Brady Quinn threw the football with Jake Fromm? I don't think so. No, he didn't. But, uh, um, who were you asking me about? Oh, CD. So CD came on and, and what, my what? issue with CD Lamb is that, no, go ahead. Oh, that Big 12 defenses aren't very good. He didn't face a lot of press man coverage. And he said, uh, yeah, I'm not worried about that. And that, <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. my, that's my only concern. But Jerry Judy ran well. So did CD, but Jerry Judy played against those SEC cornerbacks and, um, he's the best route runner in this draft class. So I, dude, you can't go wrong with either one. Judy is the best route runner or CD? Judy, but I mean, yeah, I agree. Okay. I'm just making sure. High point guy. In fact, I don't know if you guys saw this. I'll show you this, what CD was doing. Uh, again, we say don't worry about the, the combine, but when you see the athleticism of CD, like high point catching the ball, you're like, all right, I, I can't overlook that. So, um, I don't know if you guys saw this. I just dropped it in the, into, to slow. No, but I will tell you this. CD Lamb ran a four, five forty, only did 11 bench press reps and had a uh, 34.5 vert, vertical jump. Uh, Jerry Judy had a four, four, five forty and a 35 inch vertical jump. Rugs by comparison, four two seven forty, forty two inch vertical jump, and a ten eleven broad jump. Uh, Debo notes in there was he injured during the forty? Is that right? Yeah, I think he had ice on his on his leg. I think it's what someone said on set. I don't know if Debo saw that too. I didn't see it, but um, he false started on his first run. And he did a four two seven, and then he came back and ran like a four three five in his second. So well, I'm not going to accuse him of not being injured. I. I think, you know, it's a, that's the downside of saying you're going to break the record is you got to, you got to run it the second time. I would also wonder if you ran a 4-3 after saying you were going to break the record, if it wouldn't behoove you to throw some ice on your knee and act like you were hurt. Yeah. So you mentioned CD's 34 inch vert and then you look at that sort of athletic play he made on one of the, the pass patterns that I just put in Slack and you're like, eh, I don't know if it matters if it's a 34. You know, can I, I mean, I know I just said comps are stupid. You know who you remind me of? Uh, a, a, wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Okay, you're not. You, there's a. I will give you. I mean, we're not going to do this, obviously, but I'll give you 200 guesses. There's no chance you'll get it. I'm only going to need one. Hunter Renfro. How'd you know? No. You can guess if you want. No, I don't know. I just want to say Hunter Renfro's name. I think he's a really refined Corderell Patterson. Ugh. No, Patterson was a monster in college. I think that's disrespectful to CD. I know what you're saying. CD just, he catches the ball and he starts moving through traffic at this, like certain dudes have this glide about them that like, you're right. Yeah. Like, like he catches the ball and it looks effortless when he's running through traffic. Like he's moving down the field with no effort at all. And and like, he's like, guys are like falling down behind him trying to catch him. And that, that to me, I would take CD Lamb with a top five pick. Well, I mean, last year, yeah, but the, you know, you, the conversations about this being a deep draft and all this stuff. No, but I, I understand what you're saying, and I do. I, I just think he's a special. I mean, Jerry Judy's great too. I just take CD Lamb. So top five, if, if like the Giants take him at number four, how hilarious would that be? I mean, that would make a lot of sense for I mean, Daniel Jones would love it, but Prisco's head would explode because they didn't draft an offensive or defensive lineman. Now, Dave Gettleman can't draft. Well, he did take Kelvin Benjamin in the first round. 
actually kind of CD Lamb's tall. Fits you know what? He took Kelvin Benjamin because he thought Kelvin Benjamin was an offensive tackle. He didn't know he was a receiver. <laughs> <laughs> it's fat shaming. I respect that. Uh, other notable wide receiver numbers. Actually, before we move on to those, I am curious. Do you think Henry Ruggs should be included in the CD Lamb Jerry Judy conversation? Or is he more in the Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, Lavishka Chenault conversation? Yeah, he's a second tier guy, first round talent. I think Justin Jefferson made a case again, uh, going solely, not solely, but going uh, heavily on, on his combine performance because people thought he was going to be slow. Like Devin, DuVernay, the, the sort of slot guy out of Texas, is a track guy, and he ran really fast. And there were similarities between him and Justin Jefferson, who was also a slot guy, coming into the season, and they sort of went back and forth. And at one point I was like, oh, DuVernay might actually be a better player. Jefferson is a much better player. And then um, we talked to him. You won't believe this. And he said, I'm going to run faster than a lot of people think. Um, because people were like, hey. He's at, at this point, just list guys you didn't talk to. Uh, it, it's bonkers. And we're going to talk to a ton of guys on Friday. It's actually, it is actually awesome that we were on – the main set and there, it does it, like this didn't happen the last few years. You didn't get like, I remember in, in 2012, we were like, can we talk to Russell Wilson? They're like, hell no. I was like, I just, he was like, he's, he's not even a top five, like quarterback. I just want to come over and sit on the set and talk about NC state. What's the matter? No, yeah, yeah of course you did. We've actually had to pare down the list and there are guys I want to talk to. We haven't been able to fit in. So that's, that's where we're at. So yeah, no, it's good. Oh. So that's been going well. But just, Justin Jefferson, to my point, said he's going to run faster than people think, and he did just that. And I think he's in the conversation with Henry Ruggs as, as sort of the second-tier guys who could possibly go in the first round. Four four three forty for Justin Jefferson, 37.5 vert. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, four four eight forty 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 four and a half vert. 11.7 broad. Are you kidding me, dude? That's ridiculous. Jalen Rager, four four seven forty forty two 42 vert. 17 bench reps, 11-6 broad. Uh, By the way, quickly. Chenault, 4 5 8, 40. Well, Go ahead. What's up? Where would, where's, where's People Jones? Like, where did he move up? Where, how much did this change his draft stock? Not a lot for me uh, because he, he didn't play. You know, people talk about play speed. You watch him play, and I thought he looked sort of slow, like just sort of getting in and out of breaks. Chase Claypool. Who in, played, in his defense, he was catching passes from Shea Patterson and Jim Harbaugh's offense. Everyone's got hit in the face. Uh, <laughs> Chase Claypool, who was similarly sized, a little bigger. Um, and gave, uh, so he, I don't know if you heard Daniel Jeremiah say this on the telecast. Brady Quinn got a couple of name checks. So I, I, Brady, I texted Brady and said, congratulations, you made it. You got a tweet on NFL Network. And before that, they were talking about Brady because uh, Chase Claypool, another name guy, Brady's another name guy. Chase Claypool was at the Senior Bowl, weighed 229. Do you know what he weighed three weeks later when he showed up Monday at the Combine? I do not. 238. So I said to – He moved nine pounds in one day? He gained nine points. Since I saw him last three weeks, he gained nine pounds, and he looks extremely buff. So I said, Brady – we talked well, – I'm sorry. We talked to Cole Komet, the tight end from Notre Dame, uh, who is uh, a – Well, really, that's a force, courtesy of Brady, but fine, whatever. He's, no, but the point is, I said we talked. I said Cole. So is you saw how much Claypool weighs? Hey, hey, is your buddy Chase on steroids? Like, what's the deal? He's a wide receiver. He's a big guy. Um, he had a really good Senior Bowl. Is he playing in tight? Because I don't think so. And I think he's going to run really well. He clearly ran really well. So, and and Daniel Jeremiah said this on the telecast. He goes, according to Brady Quinn, the reason that Cole Komet gained nine pounds is because he overhydrated, quote unquote. And he told Brady apparently. Um, 
I don't think I don't know Brady was crazy about this this getting out, but Daniel Jeremiah said it on national television, so I think he repeated here that that uh, Claypool like literally drank nine eight or nine pounds worth of water. He was afraid he wasn't going to be hydrated enough on the plane ride to Indianapolis, and that's where the weight came from. So he's not trying to move to tight end. I think some teams are maybe interested in that, but he he can play out wide, and the fact that he's fast and strong and moves really well, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. It's a it's like it's a red flag when you're drinking nine pounds worth of water. I, I mean, frankly, I would nervously drink so much water before I ran at the combine too. He's a six four two thirty eight and ran a four four two nineteen bench reps at forty point five vert. This wide receiver class is is, is crazy deep. Um, Devin Devernay, who we mentioned four three nine forty. Denzel Mims four three eight forty. Brandon Ayuk four five forty. Not great. Forty vert though is good. Ten eight broad. Like- Ayuk is Pete's guy from Arizona State because Pete went to Arizona State. And yeah, Pete, I mean, Pete props uh, up. Well, it, he had a really good year. He played much better this year than Nikhil Harry did last year at Arizona State. Nikhil didn't run well last year, if I recall. Ayuk's more of like a twitch guy. Yeah, and so it's sort of surprising that he ran slow. There's some, man, is he still injured? That's what people are asking, but he he's the returner as well. So it'll – if it's pro day, how that goes, that'll be interesting to see. But again, this is a guy that's an example. Oh, he runs a four or five. That's weird. That shouldn't change anything. If you like the way he played, we're saying don't get fall in love with these 40 times at the combine. So we'll see what happens. Uh, all right. Give me an under the radar. Actually, I want to give you yeah, an yeah. under the radar wide receiver that caught my eyes as I was watching drills. And this is my untrained football, you know, savant eyes. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know where this guy's supposed to, I have no idea what this guy's draft profile is. Go, who is it? But I'm telling you, I watch him and I, I was like, this guy looks smooth coming in and out. I hope Great it's a Great job guy. catching it in the gauntlet drill. Marquez Callaway out of Tennessee. Oh, that's not the guy I was thinking about, but yes. Yeah, so I actually. Who were you thinking about? I'll tell you in a second. Here's a funny story. So, oh, I told you this. We had him on the set and. No, no, we didn't. He's not, uh, we didn't. But I, I told you this. Brady, Danny, I think B Mac. Prisco and my, and me were all doing like these 30 second, uh, video previews of all the players. And as the lead draft analyst, I got stuck with doing 50 guys that are sixth, seventh round and undrafted. <laughs> so I, that's what I spent the last week doing for the combine. And Marquez Calley was the last guy I watched out of Tennessee, as you mentioned. And again, look athletic and no surprise there. Four, um, five, five, 40, which is obviously not great. 38 inch vertical, 126 broad jump. That's, I mean, like nothing pops out here. Well, you said it popped out to you, so I thought that was no, no. Uh, watching him run the drills popped off to me. The the I didn't the forty. I don't care about the forty stuff. I want to watch these guys in the drills and see how they move and see how fluid they are catching the ball. And I I thought Marquez Callaway popped off to me. I'm trying to find. Um, eh, he's just not very fast. He's not very fast. But you know what? I don't care about fast. I don't want fast on my football team. I want reliable, great pass catchers, Ryan. So here's the thing. I, um, I, again, I've watched 4,000 people, so I have to go back and look at my notes to, 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 so here's what I wrote about Callaway. Um, he's not much of a route runner, like raw. Um, and again, I don't, you can't tell that by watching him run around, uh, the cones, but he runs deep routes all day. He's like a contested catch guy, sideline route guy, um, struggles versus press man. But again, if you don't play a, a lot of that, um, 30 receptions, this is the sports information solutions, only two drops. Um, that's that. It's okay. It's not terrible. So basically, he's a he's a natural pass catcher who's not a great route runner. Fifty two, uh, 53% of his yards came after contact. That's pretty freaking good. And um, he's also a returner, so versatility in, this, in the uh, special teams. And um, 
this reeks of a Patriots fourth round pick who's an all pro in three years and me bringing, like making Debo pull this podcast in the archives and like putting it out and writing a story about how Mark and like I'm interviewing Mark West Callaway while I'm working for like, I don't know, Fubu Sports or something. Fubu Sports. On our daily podcast. <laughs> or us. Uh, who caught your eye as an under the radar prospect? I thought I was hoping you were going to say Antonio Gibson. Um, who yeah, is, actually, I did notice him. Was he in that first group of wide receivers? Yeah, he ran. A is he four, West Virginia, Memphis? Uh, Memphis, yeah. He ran okay. a, ran a four four. Cause the thing is, at the Senior Bowl, they moved him to running back, and he is like thick, and he was like trucking dudes at the Senior Bowl. So they tried him at wide receiver here. The, the bottom line is that he's super versatile, and um, sort of like uh, Tony Power last year out of out of Memphis, right? Yeah, Colorado yeah, Memphis. yeah. Uh, went to four to, three nine. Okay, so the unofficial is 4-4, so he even got battered. Good for him. 35-inch um, vertical. So he's one of these, again, um, he is not Tayshaun Gibson, but he's a guy who can run the ball, he can, he can catch the ball, Tayshaun Gibson. Uh, Tayshaun uh, Hill. Tayshaun Hill. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, it's, it's 1 o'clock. I'm, 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 it is 1 a.m. But, uh, yeah, so he, I, I was glad he ran well. He had a really good senior bowl, and, and I think he's a guy that's going to get some buzz um, He'll be if he goes in day three. That's still uh, a guy who can have a chance to contribute because of, of what he's done um, in draft SZN to uh, boost the stock. You can you know, play the slot, be a running back. Uh, who else stood out to you in terms of running uh, wide receiver prospects that made your uh, that sort of caught your eye? So Michael Pittman, USC. He's like six four. And change. I don't have the official numbers in front of me, but he he was also at the Senior Bowl. I think he got hurt towards the end of this, the week, and he didn't um, play in the game. But he practiced pretty well. He ran a four-five-two. So when you see guys that size sort of move, and again, we we say don't pay attention to the forty times. Then we talk about the forty times. But if he ran a four-seven, then all bets would be off. But um, he is a really good player at USC. And USC had secretly, like if you didn't pay attention to a lot of Pac-12 football, had a really good wide receiving core. Um, and I mean, he's six four, two twenty three. We had a four, five, four. Okay, so four, four, five. Excuse me, four, five, two. That's I mean, that's that's pretty good. That's really good. So we talked about him. We talked about Claypool. These big guys who can do a lot. Claypool's like jacked. He's like cock diesel. Um, Pittman less so, more uh, wiry, if you will. But he had um, had a really good uh, time. Jalen Rager quickly. I think I don't think I followed up when you mentioned him earlier. We thought. Folks thought he was going to run like four three range. He ran four four seven four five, and like uh sort of that's sort of a disappointment. Um, he weighed over two hundred pounds, which I think is too heavy for him. So maybe he drops away and gets a little faster. But even if he doesn't, he's a four down player because he can turn kicks. And Deontay Johnson, who had a great rookie season for the Steelers, third round pick out of Toledo, ran a four five three. He didn't look slow. He didn't look a four five three guy during the season. So don't get too caught up on a four four seven when he thought he's going to run a four three five. That's still plenty fast, and uh, the way he played last year at TCU with a quarterback that was uh, a freshman that struggled uh, in the right system, I think he's incredibly dangerous. Rose, you like to point out, don't get caught up on the, the 40 numbers. And then you turn around and say, I love the fact that he ran that fast. You do. Uh, tight end. You mentioned Cole Komet, your good friend. <laughs> um, how does this tight end class compare to recent years? Cole Komet ran a 470. 40, 37 inch vertical. Harrison Bryant, 473, 13 bench, 32 and a half vert. Hunter Bryant, 474, 23 bench, 32 and a half vert. And that's the other note. 
Tivo, you're a monster. Albert. Go ahead, say it. Akwubanam. That's not bad. They just call him Albert O on the telecast. I think that maybe that, that may be the way to go. It's O K W U E G B U N A M. Debo, he ran a four four nine. That's actually fast. And Debo included it just to just to embarrass me. Well, here's that's the thing. Fine. That's fine. That's a that's a Debo. I'm gonna see if Brent is checking the whole rundown move. That's a Debo dunk. Um, he played last year with Drew Locke, and he thought about coming out. I was shocked that he ran that fast because when you watch him, he plays more like a, a an inline blocking tight end. Um, and he doesn't look that fast. Bryson Hopkins actually. Sometimes they just misuse these guys in college. No, that's true. Hopkins, Bryson Hopkins, I pretty ran a four six six, and I I believe that because you watch him play, he looks like he's moving fast. He had some issues with drops, but he's more athletic. Hunter Bryant's more athletic. Harrison Bryant is is more athletic. I feel like. Um, but again, this isn't like a home run class. People o- like- over under uh, pick sixty first tight end taken. Uh, that's actually a, a good landing spot. I, I think that. <laughs> I'll say slightly under, but if you told me over, I, I would believe that as well. You um, mean under being like later? I there, maybe one goes before pick sixty. Um, Cole Komet. It depends. He's like an inline guy. Um, I told you we, we talked to him, and Brady had mentioned that he he was a pitcher, and he's six five, I think six six something, two hundred sixty pounds. Um, and I said, oh, um, you throw ninety ninety miles an hour, right? His response was, I throw faster than that. How fast do you think he throws? Well, your response should have been, why are you playing football? That was my – Go to your go with your boy Jeff Samarja, who's still playing professional baseball and making millions of dollars a year doing it, unlike his former teammate Brady Quinn, who's now just suckling at the teat of CBS Sports HQ. I Brady wasn't a pitcher, though. I feel like he – was he a pitcher? No, but that's the whole point. <laughs> like, Samarja was Brady's wide receiver. He's his top target. No, I know that, but he's a pitcher, Smarza. That's what, but yeah, but apparently Cole Komet can be a pitcher. Go be a pitcher. Throw, go throw. I would say he'll throw ninety-seven, ninety-five. He said, go throw ninety-five in MLB and make bank in MLB instead of being a. Anyway, I'm, I'm that's a Alberto, yeah. by the way, well, uh, me, six well, five two fifty-eight. And I said, why aren't you playing baseball? He goes, I grew up in a football family. I love football. That's why I play football. So there you go. I hate money. My point is, I hate he, guaranteed contracts. So I'm going to play football. He may not be the first uh, uh, tight end taken. Um, Hunter Bryant actually ran slow, four seven four. He played with Jacob Beeson in Washington, but he reminds me of Evan Ingram. But people, um, people like Harrison Bryant in terms of athleticism, you won't believe this, but we talked to him too. Um, but he's undersized. I, I'm not sure what he's listed at there, but he was two forty ish during the year, so he's not going to. Morio couldn't even pull Harrison Bryant. Good for you. <laughs> he's an FAU guy. Played with a uh, Danny Cadell, who was on the set at the time. Actually said, "Hey, so what's it like playing for Lane Kiffin?" <laughs> Which I, I was. <laughs> Uh, but Bryant was like a – he was from a small town in Georgia. He was, he was like a, a – Was Bryant there all four years? I'd love to know. Like, did you guys notice that Lane Kiffin was gradually getting fatter and fatter each year? Gradually. I don't know if I'd gradually be the word. No, I mean like if you look at Lane Kiffin when he was at Alabama versus Lane Kiffin now, it's like it's like senior versus freshman year. It's incredible. Yeah. And I, I and I look, I respect Lane Kiffin's full dad, dad chin he's got going on. Um, okay. What are you looking forward to? We're going to be back on Monday with a full winners losers recap of the combine. But Ryan, you're our draft expert here at CBSSports.com. I know you're going to be peacocking the whole way home. Excited about another combine under your belt. Uh huh. Um, what are you looking forward to over the weekend? And what should our listeners look for? Well, uh, let's see. Friday morning, uh, if you're listening to this podcast. Quickly turn on HQ while you both listen to this podcast because uh, 
cornerbacks and safeties will be rolling through, and you won't believe this, Brent, we're going to talk to some of them. Nice. Uh, Jeffrey Akuda, Christian Fulton, uh, Ashton Davis, the safety out of Cal, Xavier McKinney, Grant Delpit, all those guys are coming by the Set an alarm to get up early and watch uh, PFT Live. <laughs> they, oh, bad news. They broke down the set Thursday night. They're no longer there. So we'll just be oh, oh, right, right, because it's – really? Yeah, that's an NFL network. I just have to download the CBS Sports app on my phone so I can watch CBS Sports HQ, or I'll watch it on my Roku, uh, Apple Fire, or Apple <laughs> Apple TV. I got a new smart TV. I don't know. Really, it, it, actually, you know what? It's messed up. I can't. Um, I can't. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I can't get the CBS Sports app on my TV. It's an LG smart TV. I can't get it, so I have to plug my my Xbox in and uh, go there. And, yeah. All right. I don't but know. you can go. You can go to Xbox. You can go to Roku. You can go to Amazon, Apple TV, anywhere you want to go. Your smartphone, your laptop, CBSSports.com/slash/live, and watch CBS Sports HQ. Watch Ryan Wilson on there. Support the podcast. Watch Ryan Wilson. Check out the cornerbacks. Uh, what else this weekend? That's it. Uh, Friday, we're we're done. Friday, uh, Friday night. If you have nothing to do on Friday night, at 11 p.m., tune in to CBS Sports HQ. We'll be doing a, a day two wrap up uh, from the primetime. Uh, guys running uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium, and then Saturday. Will um, you be doing a hit on Saturday night at 11 p.m.? I will be hopefully landing in lovely upstate New York so I can finally get home after a week of uh, being away in Indianapolis where the weather has been exactly the same, but it just took me a long time to get here. Yeah, but you got no kids. You don't have to shovel snow. No. Uh, I don't know. Did I tell you guys my snowblower broke? Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was awesome right before I left. Then you uh, bought the world's only electric snowblower, and it broke on you quickly. The, the thing is, you're not the first person to assume I bought an electric snowblower. I'm just trying to help the environment. <laughs> I did buy an electric snowblower, but it's still I've got an electric uh, leaf blower, and you look. I mean, the reality is you feel like man, less of a man every time you use it. I have an electric leaf blower as well. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's it for the show. We'll be back Monday. We'll be breaking down. Everything that happened over the weekend in primetime on the Combine. Ryan Wilson will be joining us. I'm sure we'll have other people on as well. Diva, tell me. I don't know. Um, and uh, you can, uh, if you've got a draft question, if you like, if you have a prospect related question and you want to ask us about them or a fit for a team, et cetera, leave a five star review on Apple Podcast. One star reviews complaining that you can't listen to the show because I'm here and I'm going to do it again. I ain't going anywhere. Don't leave them. Won't help nobody. I'll be Monday. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.